0: Howdy, hi, and welcome. This is episode 37 of Fear of a Dork Planet. I am the hostess with the mostus Senor Reverend Eric J. Carlson. The J is for jerk.
1: <coughs> You're a hostess?
0: With the mostess. Uh, and this is the creme de la creme, the queen of Mount Vesuvius, the destroyer of Pompeii, Annie, okay. <laughs> and in this corner, <laughs> uh, the delightful Miss Annie
1: Reardon. Reardon,
0: a name I still cannot pronounce. <laughs>
1: okay, nobody can.
0: Uh, because I want to say Rorden or re Yeah, I know.
1: I even have the pronunciation on my Facebook and nobody gets it right. I,
0: because everybody thinks that the pronunciation thing is sarcastic and nasty.
1: Yeah, I I admit I was looking for the joke in it the first couple times. I was like, wait, that sounds like a legit pronunciation. I don't get it. Right,
0: and uh, we're sitting here. It's eighty eight degrees outside, roughly. It's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, we've turned off all the fans, all the air conditioning. We've closed all the windows. This is, um, well, this is this is this is. Well, actually, we haven't closed all the windows because I can still hear the sounds of delightful chillings.
1: and the cars. And going what out. is that? Wow, that's. Oh, that's a
0: motorcycle. Loud pipes save lives. Remember that, kids?
1: Yep. Oh my god, did I tell you I got woken up at 2:30 in the morning by motorcycles? I thought it was like an emergency siren.
0: No, was it?
1: <laughs> it was so loud and so it had that echoey quality. Yeah. I mean, I sat straight up in bed, 2:38 in the morning. I thought, "Oh my god, are we having a hurricane? Is there a flood?" And I realized it was motorcycles.
0: That's tremendous. That yeah. is those are the, the Rhode Island chapter of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club, because they don't call themselves gangs anymore, because that's could negative I don't know. The motorcycles I've
1: seen going past here are crotch rockets. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, it's funny, though. I was just in Austin, Texas two weeks ago, right? Yes, you were. And we were there, my friend Linda and I, to see a podcast, a professional podcast being recorded.
1: Professional,
0: unlike ours. Precisely. This is about as hackney <laughs> as one can get. Um So there was a bike rally going on that weekend. It was the largest rally in Austin, Texas. Okay? Or it was the largest rally, excuse me, in Texas. Okay. Which probably means that it's one of the largest rallies, I would say, in America. Because
1: Texas is the biggest state.
0: Right, yeah. It it essentially is a third of America. Mm. Um, And so they close off all of 6th Street. Right, which is massive. It's huge. It's just good. it's miles. Like four or five miles. We Never been
1: to it. Texas. I'll have to take your word for it. So
0: Linda and I walked about four miles of Sixth Street, and we didn't see all of it. Mm-hmm. So they close it all off, right? We're walking. We have no idea this bike rally is going on. We just notice that there's a ton of motorcycles, and this cop pulls up, and you know how they can like broadcast announcements and yeah. stuff like that. They're actually playing the Bad Boy theme. Oh my God. You know, so they roll up and it's, bad boys, bad boys. Oh, what, what, you gonna gonna do? Do? Oh, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Hey, Macarena. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah. No. Anyway. Uh, so we, get, we found out later that this is a massive, massive bike rally. Mm-hmm. And hundreds of bikes and hundreds of, of um, clubs from across the state show up. And the cops have a basic rule, which is... We're going to leave you alone. You have to police yourselves. Mm-hmm. But if we roll in, we're going to roll in really hard. So there were all of these bikers, and they take this really to heart. So all these, like, Harley guys with the, the sleeveless jean jacket, or oh, the sleeveless leather jackets and stuff, pulling over other motorcyclists. Wow. And Hardcore. being like, yeah, you're not doing this here. Like, we're not going to ruin this. And they would have, they were supposed to have, we didn't see it in action. But around 9 p.m., they have a naked ride all the way down 6th Street. So everyone gets buck-ass naked and then drives down this, this massive thoroughfare. It's one-way one, one street.
1: I don't want to see that.
0: I, I did only, out of the most diabolical curiosity, imagine <laughs> seeing hundreds of bikers buck-naked no. going down there. Amazing, right? Uh, and the <laughs> cops are basically like, you, you just don't mess anything up and you're on your own.
1: No, I don't want to
0: see that. <laughs> I guess it gives brand new, brand new definition to bareback riding, right? <laughs> oh,
1: yo. okay. Next subject.
0: Um, so, but yeah, so flying out to Austin, I had my full, first full TSA pat down.
1: Oh, did they beat the shit out of you on the plane?
0: They did not. I, oh, I did not get. Sorry. This was before I got to the plane. Oh. Um, I went through. I took off my shoes. I had thought I had taken off everything. Um, but apparently, I had left some stuff on. And so the in guy. In
1: preparation for the butt ass naked.
0: Well, the guy says to me, he says, um, there is an anomaly in your buttock region.
1: What? <laughs> yeah. I just blew the mic up. I'm I know. Sorry. There's
0: an anomaly in your buttock region. Oh,
1: no. And
0: he said, you're going to have to stand over here. And I was like, you know, look, here's my thing. I naturally have a knee jerk reaction to authority like this. Like, immediately, I wanted to do the all the kind of comments, you know what I mean? Everything that comes to everybody's mind. Like that's just initially where I go with anything like this. It's like if I have 13 at the checkout lane and they're like, sir, you're one over immediately. That, you know, Cindy is my enemy, you know? (laughs) And I actually had to like practice yoga. I had to talk myself down. This guy's just doing his job. There must be some kind of anomaly in my buttock region. Um, Of course, now I know where 100% of his attention is uh and so i i you know I took the frisking uh as politely and as generously as one could, clear that both of us did not want to be doing this uh, how
1: invasive was this
0: that's a great question um my buttocks were well frisked
1: oh God,
0: um he... did you
1: explain that the gerbil was a pet
0: <laughs> yes mr gear um <laughs> I just I couldn't find another place to hold him. Um, He was good about talking like everything step by step. Now I'm going to be touching this. Now I'm going to be touching that. Um, Except I couldn't get buttock region out of my head, so I just kept exactly, exactly. I just kept totally giggling the whole time. All All I could think of was buttock region. And, uh, so the guy's, you know... he's. That's
1: the name of this episode.
0: The buttock region. Yeah. Anomaly in the buttock region. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so that was rough.
1: So what did the anomaly turn out to be, Eric? My wallet. Oh, my God. You yeah. shoved your wallet up your ass?
0: I, no, it is in my buttock region. It's in my back right pocket Eric. where men keep buttocks. I mean, men keep... <laughs> Look.
1: It's okay to talk about hemorrhoids.
0: I have to admit that my buttock, I have a, uh... I have a superfluous buttock. I have a third buttock. <laughs> you have a third. My 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 buttock is an region. Buttock. It's a parasite. It crawled on one day, and I can't get rid of it. Oh, I've tried salt and everything. Uh, so then we get in the plane, and we are like basically we're in region three, right? So okay. you get on the plane, and now they load by regions and seats. Oh, okay. Right. So to prevent basically the cattle call. So we get into Region 3, and our seat ticket basically just says, like, last A, last B. So we're in the butt end of this airplane. I open the, the window. The
1: subject of butts is coming up a lot. Right? Anyway. Uh, Wait, you open the window on the plane?
0: Well, the the shade.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah, yeah,
0: say. Yeah. This is a, a real cheap airline. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're only five feet off the ground the whole flight. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's 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 It was called Greyhound. Um... <laughs> Actually, I don't even think you can open windows on a Greyhound bus, can you? I think they slide forward about a quarter of an I inch.
1: haven't been on a Greyhound since 1990-something, so I really don't remember.
0: Um, So, yeah, so the, I opened the, the, the shade. Okay. And there is the turbine.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: So all I can see, and I'll make it one of the show pictures, but all I could see was the metal of the turbine.
1: Was there a gremlin out there?
0: There was. I, I didn't even get, like, <laughs> it was... I don't know, it was maybe a foot from the window.
1: Was there a buttock on the wing of the plane? It was
0: <laughs> a giant ass on the plane. <laughs> Sir, we know. A-T-O. No, not me. <laughs> there's another one. There's like donkey baying out there. Uh, <laughs> so
1: Only five minutes in and this show has just gone down the crap. Part.
0: So really, this is the, the, the butts, butts, and more butts. So we uh, we get off, the, you know, the, the plane obviously lands in Austin and we go to the hotel and uh, I go to open the window in the hotel room, and the view is of a concrete wall. <laughs> it's it's honest to God, like not even like other somebody else's window. It's just a gray concrete wall. And I, I turn to Linda. I'm like, this is insane. You know, granted, with everything that could have happened, right? Plane could have exploded. Godzilla could have attacked. Mm-hmm. Texas could have not been there. There could have right. been gremlins on the on the wing. Of all the things that could have happened, these are the things I will accept. These are manageable losses. No big view from the window? Okay, fine. So I go to the bathroom now. We're sharing, uh, we've got a, um, what do you call those, an efficiency? Okay. So it's a brand new place. The place has been open four months. And I'm not going to say the name of the company, but it's only been open four months. And we walk in, and there's a kitchenette and, like, an island. And just outside of that is a pull-out couch mm-hmm. where I'm going to be sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then there's a separate room, which is where Linda was sleeping. And then the bathroom was basically on her side. So there was right. a lot of like, I'm going to the bathroom now. <laughs> I'm not paying attention. Please do not Headphones. look at my buttock region. yes. Uh, so I go into the bathroom and it's this big sliding door. It's like the, the rock in front of Jesus's tomb. So I go <laughs> you to- mean Lazarus. No, Jesus. It was the angel that moved the rock because it was so heavy. Anyway. So I I go to move the door, and and, and I'm doing a pulling motion, as you can see. Yes, I can see that. I pulled the handle right off the door, and it came off the runner and collapsed. So here's this door. And now, look, I'm not a really strong man, but I'm also not a weak man. And so I went to pick up the door and move it. This door was 50, 60 pounds easy. Damn. And so I'm dragging it across the <laughs> slate floor and just making this god awful like. Did
1: you gouge the tile? Oh yeah, badly. Oh
0: god. Um, So somebody who stayed before us must have ripped off the handle and then just dealt with it all right. weekend, and then maintenance probably I mean, not maintenance. Yeah, guys didn't report it. So we're like, yeah, we need a new door to the bathroom, and unfortunately, it's definitely kind of a necessity because. We're just really good friends. And yeah,
1: we don't want to look at each other's butt reasons. Yeah, and
0: there's no point in anybody's relationship where, like, just leave the <laughs> bathroom door open, honey, is an okay thing. No. So, so the, the, we had proceeded to, like, just be off to a, a crazy, crazy start. We walked down the street. Lo and behold, we're only about two blocks from where this place is going to be, where we're going to be that night. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome. Stubbs Barbecue. It's, it's supposed to be great barbecue. It's a pretty cool place. Uh, and we walk past the police department, and right outside the police department they must have been unloading all of their Target images. You know, like the you see in the movies where the, the yeah. sheet comes down and they shoot the at silhouette, it. Yeah. So there was just all of these silhouettes in the garage. Cool. Great clustering. I mean, these are good shots. I feel pretty <laughs> good about it. And then, like, in the most Austin way possible, there's two cops with their horses uh, standing outside in this little patch of grass feeding the horses. So these two Clydesdale uh, horses, it was nuts. They were Clydesdales? They were, I don't know, they were Clydesdale-esque. Okay. Um, you know, they had the big, their hooves were massive. These weren't just like regular horses, these were work horses. They were Sherman Tank horses. Yeah, yeah, these horses looked like they could take a few rounds from bikers. Jesus. Um, so yeah, so that was it. And we think we saw an arms deal.
1: I wouldn't go into too much detail about that. (laughs) If you get whacked, I'm not going to be happy.
0: No, no. Well, I'm also not titling the show Arms Deal in Austin.
1: (laughs) Yeah, please don't.
0: So we're walking down the street after breakfast or going to breakfast, and there's this blue Ferrari. And uh,
1: How pretentious.
0: So... So I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, both looking at this blue Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. We're both talking about, like, what it takes to be the owner of a blue Ferrari. And I mean...
1: Was it a Testosterosa?
0: No, that's Lamborghini.
1: Oh, excuse me. Yeah.
0: This This was, like, Crayola blue. Right? It was nasty. And they're taking, literally, bags of guns out of... Oh, God, they're coming. (laughs) Uh, They're taking bags of guns out. And Linda's like, oh, my God, did you see that? I'm like, what? He's like, she's like, one of the guys just took a clip out of one of the rifles and threw it on the front seat and closed the door.
1: Are you sure they weren't cops?
0: Well, what I was thinking was that's your best anti-theft deterrent, right? Because in Austin, someone's crazy enough probably to open fire.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely. So, yeah, but Austin itself, complete nutter butter, man. It was a great city it's a total music city like every place every restaurant has a tiny little stage in it where somebody's performed mm-hmm. statues of Willie Nelson uh we went to a record label it was like a it was a like a trade show for small record labels mm-hmm. to get together and just trade stuff and I didn't end up buying anything because nothing really caught my eye and we didn't have too much time yeah but man what an amazing amazing city uh
1: I didn't even know you were going to Texas until you emailed me from Texas.
0: Oh, really?
1: I thought I had mentioned it to you. You probably did, but you know I have a crappy memory. Well,
0: I didn't want to make too big a deal out of it because we were leaving during school hours.
2: Uh,
0: uh, and I had to come back that late Sunday night. Yeah, and you so, might want to edit that out. <laughs> so I didn't get back until 2 a.m. Sunday or Monday morning. Ugh. To my house. We had gotten in at 1, got to Linda's at like 2, and then I drove home. And I'm not that 10 minutes away from my... From Boston? uh, No, we flew into Providence luckily. Oh, okay. And her awesome boyfriend, Jay, came and got us at like 1 a.m. Oh, my God. Yeah, guy's a wicked awesome dude.
1: Yes, he is. Uh,
0: And so I ended up having to get up at 5. So I got three hours sleep and then motivated the rest of the day. Went to the gym, did everything, and at about 7 o'clock at night... I quite literally passed out. I was done. God,
1: you're a masochist.
0: Um, Yeah, there's not... I don't think there's many years left that I can do that. Yeah. Uh, But
1: Pack as much in as you can. Right, exactly,
0: exactly. Uh, But while I was out there, we watched uh, this podcast, Being Made, and they had a musical guest by the name of Shaky Graves, who's kind of a one-man band kind of Uh deal. And I had just sort of roundabout found him on YouTube... A couple of weeks prior completely mm-hmm. unrelated and so I'm like hey you're pretty awesome I found you through voodoo rhythm records and through Holly go lightly in the broke-offs and he's like oh yeah I know all them you know we start talking and uh, he turned me on to a band called Brown uh, Brown out mm-hmm. who are a Latin funk jazz band that do black Sabbath covers are you kidding wow they are Amazing. <laughs> I went out and I made Linda walk like four mile loop in like 90 degree heat. Ugh. Don't even want to talk about swamp ass, but uh <laughs> got to bring it right back down to butts. Uh,
1: it's all about the butts.
0: So that I could buy this record.
1: Linda's such a trooper.
0: She is amazing. She okay. put up with a lot of my crap, which was basically like we landed and I was like, this is a music city. I need records. <laughs> and she was like, can we just maybe take a nap or hit the pool? I was Aww. like, Records? <laughs> and so we ran out and got records uh, she is awesome um, there was another story there real quick uh, records walking around Austin oh crud what was it?
1: Javier Bardem with a uh, captive bolt pistol maybe?
0: no, no, nothing yeah, Nothing it. written by Cormac McCarthy um, arms deal bike week it'll come to me I'm sure so how have you been? <laughs> I've been enough about me.
1: Not in Texas, Eric. I, I've been here.
0: And how has Providence been? Uh, been treating you?
1: Mm, I don't know. I live in Pawtucket.
0: Well, okay, <laughs> you can see Providence from your place, though.
1: That's very true. You can see all of Rhode Island from Rhode Island. Yes,
0: exactly. You can see all of Russia from your house. Yeah. So how was it?
1: Eh, you know. Cool story. Yeah.
0: Anything else you've been up to for the last couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, there was one little small thing. Uh, while you were in Texas, I uh, found my long lost sister. Y- you what? I found my long lost sister.
0: Did you know you? Ha- I mean, clearly yes. you knew you had this sister.
1: Yes, I knew since the day she was born that she existed, but I never met her. Okay. This is my dad's second child after me.
0: All right. That came not so, all wrong. So from a separate Yeah, marriage. okay. So not your biological mom.
1: Right. My biological dad. Okay, good. My mom and him were married, divorced. He married some other chick and they had my sister.
0: No kidding. Yeah. And uh, how how did this how did you decide you wanted to to track her down?
1: Well, I'd always remember my dad had dropped off a card the day she was born. Said, "Hey, you have a new baby sister." I was like, "Oh, thanks, dad." And he he actually misspelled her name, so it took me longer to find her. Oh, wow. So so
0: was that going to be her original name spelling? I have
1: no idea. I didn't even think to ask her. But I had her first name to go on, and I had, of course, his last name and the girl he married. So I just spent, I don't know how many weeks, uh, just combing Google and Facebook and everywhere I could think of, plugging in this name, and I finally found her. She had no idea I existed. My dad never told her about me.
0: Okay, first of all, that part's messed up.
1: Yeah. Well, my dad's messed
0: up. But let's get to the big story. So here is a person that you've only known tangentially who has existed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She is roughly in her 30s.
1: She's 10 years younger than me, yeah.
0: So she lives in another state. Mm-hmm. She has a whole another life. Yep. Is there any family sort of, is there anything that flows in your family?
1: Yeah. Um, like my dad, she is also a lovecraft fan, and she's into horror movies and heavy metal
0: that's pretty weird, so
1: it's pretty much me it's a little sister I've always wanted
0: yeah how that's crazy yeah. so how long have you guys been talking back and forth? A
1: couple of weeks now I mean, it's kind of you know we're just getting to know each other,
0: yeah, yeah, well, of course
1: so i'm you know, maybe she's a little freaked out because she didn't know I existed. I'd be freaked out, too. Yeah,
0: oh, definitely. I think definitely if you would open up your Gmail one day and be like, hi, I'm a sibling you didn't know you had.
1: Yeah, well, I found out through her that I also have a brother. Wow. Who I have not been able to track down yet. I Well, I found him, but he hasn't answered my emails yet. So I...
0: So you went from being Annie alone... What the hell? Loud pipes save lives, man.
1: Crotch rocket... Anyway, yeah, Annie alone. to I have a little sister and a little brother.
0: That's absolutely chaotic. God knows chaotic. how
1: many more, knowing my dad.
0: And and you just tracked them down via social media.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, that's how I found my sister, and then she told me about my brother, so I tracked him down. Now that's pending. You know?
0: So, you could, you could be in forensic files. <laughs> I mean, just, I have this, this, this little piece of garbage bag. Will you be able to match this up and find yes, out who done it? I will. Wow. All right. And and uh, what is the coolest thing, outside of her being similar into horror movies and Lovecraft and stuff, that you've either learned or connected with, with her?
1: Honestly, it's just nice to know that there's someone very similar to me because I never really connected with I have an older sister she had a different father we never got along yeah I don't have anything to do with her anymore I mean really that was it it was just nice knowing that there's a relative out there who's a lot like me
0: who's relatively similar ha,
1: ha, 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 ha. that was bad thanks but anyway
0: that's that's stupendous yeah so we're going to keep a pin in that and we're going to follow that and see how that progresses. yeah will
1: be the first to know if I find my brother
0: yeah definitely um does your sister know that you're heavily into like lovecraft and stuff, oh yeah, and she's
1: she loves lovecraft,
0: was she and like heavy metal. Holy, she... was she crazy like I'm not not mentally <laughs> unstable, <laughs> but like was she was she equally as intrigued that you were into this stuff
1: she yeah, I think so, I mean it was just like, oh my God, that just figures, you know, yeah, yeah, like, you know, just the more we talked, the more it was like this is just a ridiculous at this point. So you guys
0: going to send each other, like, mixtapes? Maybe. Oh. Is she a Tool fan?
1: Yes, of course she is. Are
0: you serious? Yes. Oh, my God. That I was one of the, the only... first
1: thing I asked her. She's like, well, duh, of course.
0: I may be the only non-Tool fan in America.
1: That's because you suck.
0: Why? <laughs> I'm going to go into why can't we be sober. Uh, Please
1: don't.
0: So last time we spoke... Yes. You and I said that we were going to watch two movies. Yes. We were going to watch Get Out and
1: Logan. Logan. And I failed miserably.
0: And you didn't watch either one of them. Well, I couldn't. Right, because you're you're downloading uh well, System of choice someone didn't and
1: their server payoffs. Of yeah.
0: So I watched Logan.
1: I'm jealous cuz I do want to see it.
0: And yeah, I don't want to ruin too much of it cuz I really want you to see it, but I will say As a primary caregiver, as somebody who, like, watches a man in a wheelchair with disabilities, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a lot of that movie resonated in, like, all of the wrong ways. Like, I'm sure the people who made the film were like, oh, here's a cantankerous relationship between two men. Did you... you watched...
1: I got up to the first scene of, of Logan and Dr. X together, and then I couldn't get any further.
0: Oh, man. There is a bathroom scene where Logan has to put Dr. X, Professor X on a toilet and they're yelling at each other the whole time and he's like, shut the door, you know, stop watching me and Logan's like, I don't want to watch you, you know and you get the idea that they've obviously been doing this for however many years since the last X-Men movie was supposed to have been, right? Mm. And uh, I was watching it on my couch and I almost started crying I'm like, I've had this exact conversation, man like that film hit me in a lot of really weird ways uh, so subsequently ever since then I've been waiting for blades to pop out of my knuckles <laughs> but it, try as I might it's just not working can
1: you keep your hand away from my face
0: I just it's gotta go no Um. and then that brings me then to talking about the cool out yeah for a little bit Uh, so I launched the first two episodes mm-hmm. Grunge uh, Goth and Grunge yep and I have not done the third episode because I was waiting to release to keep the order going every other Right. So I wrote one on a guy named Isaac Rother and the Phantoms, who is kind of like, I think we talked about him a little bit last time. He's kind of like a white screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah. Um, And he's really energetic. And so I was putting together the set list. And I I came across this band, this guy by the name of Rocky Erickson, uh, who was in a band called 13th Floor Elevators. And then after that, he was in... Rocky Erickson and the aliens and this whole album is called The Evil One and it's all about like vampires and werewolves and mummies and it's not as so you listen to The Misfits and I love The Misfits but all their kind of stuff I always felt was really angry and aggressive and wink wink and nudge nudge Rocky Erickson is like his stuff is, is really sung with this level of um almost authenticity, you know what I mean? Like, there's no irony when he's singing I Walked With a Zombie Mm -hmm. and when he's singing um, Two-Headed Dog. Like, there's no sense of I'm playing this for B-movie laughs. Mm -hmm. And so I got really, really interested in him, right? And I watched this documentary, and the documentary was, um, I forget the title of it, but it's on YouTube and you can watch it. I strongly advise it. So Rocky Erickson was schizophrenic.
1: Oh, really?
0: And when he was in 13th Floor Elevators, they were, they were the, the first American psychedelic band, okay? So they were... You, you probably know a couple of their songs. Their most um,
1: famous probably being... Was that... No. You're going to miss me. It's like project. that... Roo-ga-doo,
0: roo-ga-doo, roo-ga-doo. It's like this really weird psych band thing, right? Okay. So the song off Night of the Living Dead is much later in his career. Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead. Um, but he was part of the San Francisco... Hippie scene, right? Okay. Because of the psych rock and like, right. Janis yeah. Joplin went to be tried, to, tried out to be in the band. Wow! And they, everybody loved like his screaming and all of this kind of stuff that he would do. Well, the FBI wanted to bust him, and because everybody knew that Rocky was doing acid and Rocky was really into this kind of stuff, so they busted him for two joints, and they sent him to they, they, because he already had the schizophrenic label on him. He was able to go to a uh, minimum security mental facility.
1: But isn't Pot a misdemeanor?
0: They wanted him badly. <sighs> and so his lawyer, rather than putting him in jail, put him in a mental hospital. Right. And he would escape. He would just walk out. Mm-hmm. And they would capture him and put him back and capture him and put him back. And eventually they were like, screw this. So they put him in max. He spent four years in a maximum security mental facility. For
1: two joints.
0: For two joints. Oh
1: my god. He
0: his he formed he was in a band where the prison psychologist was like, You play music, you should get in with these other guys. These guys were heinous. There was no society in which his bandmates should have been alive. Like these were the most disgusting perpetrators of all time. So these are the guys, so it was like, they're listing his band in this documentary, and they're like, this guy was in here for X, Y, and Z, and I'm not gonna go into it because trigger warnings. This guy was in it here for X, Y, and Z. This guy was in here for X, Y, and Z. Rocky was in here for two joints. And when he came out, he was totally fried. And this, it's very heavily debated amongst fans of his whether he was this way when he went in and it got exacerbated, or he was made this way over his four years or or what happened. Um, And so now he's still alive, Um, he's touring, he's gonna be coming around Boston in September. Oh, Yeah, so I'm gonna go try to see him. Nice. Um, And I'll tell you a really messed up story. So as if the rest of this is just fine, right? So I had discovered this Rocky Erickson album quite innocuously. So we're in Austin and I'm looking around at this one record store and I'm like, God. There's a lot of Rocky Erickson stuff hanging around here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I went to the guy and I was like, I'm sorry, I come from the East Coast. And like, nobody knows who Rocky Erickson is. What's the deal with all this stuff? And they're like, he lives in Austin. Oh. Well, oh so, shit. And so luckily I didn't try to track him down. Yeah. We didn't have enough time. But part of me was like, maybe I should track him down. Mm-hmm. After watching this documentary... No. No, I'm quite happy.
1: I gotta see this now.
0: Yeah, you got to. Uh, he's a very, very, very unfortunate kind of story. It's a really sad documentary overall, but his brothers are equally... It's not as bad as Crumb, but like...
1: I just finished watching The Keepers. It can't possibly be any worse than that.
0: No, no, it won't be. Um, but check it out anyway. It's a really great documentary. I think it's called You Will Miss Me. Okay. Um, Or You Will Miss Me When I'm Gone or something like that.
1: Hopefully that will play.
0: But... Well, it's on YouTube for free. Okay. So it definitely will. Um, but he's going to be the subject of the cool out number four. So we're going to go from oh. Isaac Rother and the Phantom to Rocky <laughs> Erickson um, and and talk about a lot of the, we're going to play some cover songs of people who have covered him, like Julian Cope mm-hmm. and, uh, um, oh crud, this is just a list of people who absolutely love him
1: crud is not a swear word i don't care what
0: (laughs) um and then there was one other thing so the, the austin connection um i feel like i've got all these loose tangents this week like i'm looking at my notes and i'm like crap what was there so he's in the return of the living dead soundtrack 13th floor elevators um his connection to isaac rother and the phantoms there was something else I wanted to go with there. You
1: know, you're allowed to go over an hour. It's our show. We can do whatever we
0: want. Right, we could just keep talking for the yeah. rest of our lives.
1: We could never stop.
0: And just never hit the stop button. That's mm-hmm. how we roll. Um but anyway. So that's that's my thing on Rocky Erickson. I wanted this huge deep dive. His music is pretty hard to find by normal channels, like um, The LPs are all like 25 bucks. The CDs are like 25 Mm -hmm. bucks. But I did find on Bandcamp, the label that still sells his records, for $9 you can get the MP3s, um, which is great because that's the only place you can buy the MP3s from that I found. And I don't believe in stealing music, so especially like... If you can steal money from Rocky Erickson, you are a horrible human being. If you're like, (laughs) I downloaded it for free. Seriously, rethink your values. Yeah, Yeah. because here's a man, if anybody needed your $9, it's Rocky, man. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so I'm going to, oh, that was it. So I'm going to go try to see him in September. And I thought, you know, maybe if by September I had enough cojones, I would interview
1: him. You know, just...
0: Bring in the Zoom.
1: Doesn't hurt to ask.
0: And, and so I looked up his management. Take a guess where his management's from. Providence. East Greenwich. Oh my Rhode God, Island. really? Yeah, Rocky Erickson's management company
1: this is, is literally to the be.
0: town over from from where I live. And I keep meaning to ask around if anybody knows the guy who manages them. Yeah, he also I mean, manages the, the Boss Tones and some other, one mean, other you group. You kind
1: of have to do it now.
0: I feel like it was almost put be? in my lap. yeah right even if i just go and go hey you're rocky erickson <laughs> hi um because i i don't think i've been this passionate about a performer since i first discovered the mountain goats like i mean and his you whole never life, shut up
1: about the mountain goats, well i'm, I'm just...
0: seeing them wednesday night they're coming oh, to providence i know
1: it must be nice yeah i tried to get tickets for a perfect circle in october $150 for the good seats, 63 for the nosebleeds.
0: This is why I listen to bands that nobody else likes.
1: Oh, I already emailed Maynard. I was like, what can I get for $1.47? Because that's all I got.
0: Did he email you back?
1: No, of course not.
0: See, that's why Why not, <laughs> right?
1: Maybe because I was uh, the 14,000th comment.
0: No. <laughs> uh, that's true, yeah. yeah. I thought you had emailed him personally. No. You know,
1: I don't have his email. I don't know him. He retweeted <laughs> I like me how once. you
0: stopped midway through that sentence and then went, I don't know him. <laughs> like, I believe that you have this tiny little clamshell box with his email address.
1: I know me. a lot of famous people, not it's, gonna like, lie. it's like It's like Deer Hunter. Every
0: night you spin that thing and you're like, one night I'm going to type out the whole letter.
1: <laughs> no, I actually don't want to meet any more of my idols.
0: Yeah. Ever. Well, we've, I mean, we've been over this a bunch of times. Yeah, Stephen
1: Wilson was um, the end of the line for me.
0: Well, that's kind of like, I feel like I've already seen the worst Rocky has to offer in this documentary.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he doesn't seem like a, a terrible man. Just He's go just... in
1: with no expectations.
0: Right. Yeah, like I am only, you know, but his music is fantastic. We're going to finish the show uh, by playing one of his tracks. Good. Um, it's the one that I'm hooked on the most. Okay. Uh, but we'll get to that. All right. Um, and then I've decided that I am going to go see uh, Psychic
1: a psychic
0: a psychic almost like a psychic
1: but from the pacific but i don't know
0: a pacific psychic yes (laughs) yeah i uh
1: is it specific to the (laughs) (laughs) pacific
0: a specific psychic to the specific place i think
1: that drink i had is starting to kick
0: in (laughs) yeah an hour and a half ago
1: (laughs) i'm a slow burner
0: so yeah so this is this is what i'm going to do i i have uh have you what is your stance on psychics i believe in them will you talk for a little while Yeah. All right, go for it. Tell me about your psychics. Um, I
1: have seen a couple of psychics. We used to go to psychic fairs all the time back in Sacramento. And I actually went to two in particular that were dead on. They knew things about me I had never told anybody.
0: So first and foremost, what is a psychic fair?
1: Psychic fair is, um, it's like a convention convention. Okay. Have, you know, crap set up in the dealer's room. You can get psychic readings. You can stick your feet in those little tubs that you know draws all the negative energy out of you, and uh, you can buy incense up the ass. Here we go with the ass, right? Was, you know, just can you buy and stuff incense
0: like not up an ass? Yes, you can. Okay, good.
1: You know, just stuff like that. I mean, it's most of it's just ridiculous crap. But there was a psychic there who knew things, things he shouldn't have.
0: I like to imagine, when you say Psychic Fair, an entire row of Lucy's doctor's in booths. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, all oh, just a the bunch of, like, is in. brunettes in blue shirts with, like, the inn is crooked and they got a little tip jar thing and their <laughs> arms crossed and scowling.
1: No, I had a picture taken of my aura. Oh, really? Yeah, it was actually kind of cool.
0: Was it just black?
1: No, it was actually, I had a red cone coming out of my head. Interesting. No idea what the hell that means, but it was interesting.
0: So so my friend Deb was like, we got talking the other day, and I said, you know, I got a ton of stuff on my mind. I haven't been sleeping. And, and she's like, you know, how's your therapist? And I said, I love my therapist, but there's just, I talk a lot about my therapist and to my therapist, but it's a conversation, you know, it's mm-hmm. become this sort of back and forth. And she's like, oh, you got to go see this, this woman uh, in Warwick who is, is, is amazing. She's told me things, again, that nobody should have known. Right. And, um, and, and a lot of what she says comes true and whatnot.
1: Oh, so you're going to get your future predicted.
0: Here's where, here's the rub, <laughs> right? I know that in the present, my luck is bad. I don't need... A professional to tell me that in two weeks, my luck is still going to be bad.
1: Might not be. You don't know that.
0: That's true, and it could be my negative energy or whatever the case may be. But what Deb said that really interested me was that you can record the session. Oh, sessions. yeah, they
1: give you recorded recordings of the session. Well, you
0: can record it yourself. Yeah. And she said this woman, both the time that she went and her friend went, um, there were voices in the background. Really? Yeah. Oh,
1: interesting. Spirit and, guides, I guess.
0: Right? hmm And so I don't know, you know. I mean, when my mom passed, my sister went to a psychic. Yeah. Um, And she was like, you know, your mom's around you and stuff like that. And I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I mm-hmm. would love to believe, but there are things that, like, I don't want to think that I'm being invisibly watched over. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like sometimes I I pick my nose, you know, and like...
1: I really don't think the dead
0: care. Flick it somewhere. Uh, I'm never
1: going to your house again.
0: You don't know where the boogers are. I, you don't know where I'm the boogers are. I'm not sitting on are. your couch. Ever. They're not on the couch.
1: All right. I'm not sleeping in your spare room ever again.
0: <laughs> That's where I store my boogers. Damn it! Um, so, but I don't want my mom seeing me pick my nose... That was the one thing She's like when mom. I was a kid. She doesn't care. When I was a kid, that was the one thing she used to yell at me for. Get She's your finger out of your nose. Now. You know, you pick your nose like that, it's going to stick. <laughs> and I was like, yes, it does. That's why I have boogers all over the place.
1: And no. sure she didn't want to see you getting your anal cavity searched either. <laughs> it, no,
0: my cavity was not searched. My buttock region was, <laughs> was compromised by a man with blue gloves. Um, but... <laughs> So, I mean, I'm interested in it as sort of a a science project, if you will. Okay. Uh, I'm interested in it, like, I've had, I think we've talked about this before, maybe, or you and I have talked about this before, but I've had two women in my life who have been like, what's your sign? And I've been like, oh, this is my birthday, the time I was born, where I was born, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And both of them have been like, okay. And that was the last I ever spoke to them. Like, my sign clearly is like...
1: What are you, a Capricorn? I'm an Aquarius. A- Aquari- oh, that explains it. What? See, I don't know what
0: those things mean.
1: Aquariuses are just kind of flighty weirdos.
0: You think I'm a flighty weirdo?
1: Kind of, yeah. Okay. Why do you think I'm friends with you? I don't
0: know. I was called Squirrely the other day. Squirrel. Squirrely. Squirrely.
1: Did you have, like, tobacco in your cheeks at the time?
0: Well, I, I was holding a whole bunch of acorns and shoving more into my <laughs> mouth. Yes.
1: Squirrely? <laughs> I wouldn't call you squirrely.
0: Well, it was it was like a, a party that I was leaving early at, and they were like, oh, why, why aren't you staying? And I was like, ah, i got to get out of here, you know. Uh, so I guess maybe I was acting squirrely. But, um, yeah, so I've had two instances where people have asked me my signs. So I've always had kind of a negative take on it. And I've also, I, like, I've also never, I don't know, it just seems like it's not something I'd want to know my future.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like, I'm already a pessimist. So, to be like, you know that thing you're looking for? Yes. You'll never find it. Like, thanks, lady. <laughs> like, right. Gosh. You know, I got I guess it saves me the effort of looking.
1: Well, when you go But just, then do I
0: defy Augury? Do I defy what she says? Like if she's like, you know,
1: Well, a real psychic is never going to tell you for 100% sure this is going to happen because things can change the minute butterfly, you know, effect yeah. can change everything in ways you can't even possibly think of. So, beware a psychic who tells you that they their predictions are dead on beware the psychic who engages in generalities oh someone close to you died recently well duh yeah you know we've all had someone close to us die so the one i went to just asked me for my name and my date of birth and that was it okay didn't ask any other personal questions didn't ask me to confirm or deny anything he was telling me he he just told me this happened to you and i was like oh yeah, shit, how did you
0: know that? Well, see, knowing my name and birth date already precludes me from dating this person, because they're going to be like, dear God, get out of my place.
1: Yeah, you Aquarius's are weird.
0: Yeah, it's going to be like the end of some Scooby-Doo adventure. She's going to rip off my head, and it's going to turn out that I was somebody else this old whole time. Old man withers! I, I'm old man withers. <laughs> I never even knew it. Um, yeah, so so I'm excited and scared, and my friend has offered, if all, if this goes south, to pay for the whole thing.
1: Don't be scared. What's the worst that can happen?
0: I find out I'm as doomed as I thought I was. No
1: psychic is gonna. No psychic worth their salt is gonna tell you that. That's bullshit.
0: Right, but they're also not gonna. I've always imagined psychics being a rather negative experience. Like these are things in the future that are going to happen or may happen and they're almost always like maybe i've seen one too many monkeys paw gonna, kind of things yeah,
1: they're not going to flip
0: that. the card over you flip the tarot over so i have to go with all these questions prepared i guess you know
1: i could give you a psychic reading right now you're going to die someday
0: oh my I'm god i'm done
1: give me 20 why, <laughs> why would you do that
0: to me why would you do that to me you know you know that i know i'm going to die someday yeah. now i know what's going to happen
1: <laughs> can i have my money now
0: no <laughs> I, don't want, I reject your fortune <laughs> i reject it uh, so, yeah, so so that, I, I, I'm I torn, but I'm going to go. I'm going to give it my all.
1: I want to know everything about it as soon as it's done.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, if it's not too god-awful, maybe I'll even play a couple clips of it on the show. Okay. Uh, if it goes well, I'll ask her if I can. I don't know how that works, if, if there's any know. kind of
1: confidentiality. I have no idea. I all don't right. think she could play it. But, but I think I've read too could. much
0: Bradbury and too much Philip K. Dick for this to, like, really be a thing
1: I don't think it's going to be anything like what you think it's going to be all
0: right because I also think like I know I have no poker face like one thing I'm not good at is hiding my disdain or my hate or my anger or my frustration really or my hard. sarcasm do some
1: yoga before you go so
0: uh, I'm just going to have to be I'm going to put on my po- 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 poker face mm-hmm. and that is what I'm going to do and then see how it happens all right hopefully it'll work I mean, <laughs> it'll work, fine. right? She's going to give me a reading of some kind. Well, yeah, yeah,
1: but she'll probably end up telling you things that you didn't think were even important, and she'll put a different spin on it. I mean, when I went to see a psychic, it wasn't anything like what I was expecting. It was a guy in an office chair wearing a button-up shirt and khakis.
0: Oh, dude, I'll be really upset if there's not there's no in the crystal, crystal ball. ball,
1: no purple curtains, oh, no turban with a jewel in it. That
0: is what I want.
1: You can't have it.
0: What can I bring my own? No. Do you mind, would that be insulting? No. If I looked at her office and was like, it's lacking this and I put you like an upside down do fishbowl?
1: No, you can't.
0: Okay. <coughs> what if I
1: wear lots of lace? Look, you can borrow my snow globe and that's Can it.
0: I put on a fake wart?
1: This is not a Ray Dennis Steckler movie.
0: <laughs> what if I talk about <laughs> the old country and curses and we're <sighs> we wolves. There. They're wolves. Yeah. They're castles. And we are wolves.
1: Why are you talking like that?
0: <laughs> anyway, werewolves. So, yeah. Um, and I think. Oh, oh. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, I just finished reading Shirley Jackson's. I uh, think last show. Oh yeah,
1: don't forget. So the last that.
0: show I, I talked about my summer reading list that I had a summer reading list, and we never got to it. And some people had emailed and said, "Hey, didn't you have a summer reading list that you want to about?" People listen to our show. Yeah, wow. I know. I I try to discourage it as much as possible. Yeah,
1: don't you have uh, anything better to do?
0: We went, like, we were at this podcast thing, and people were, like, it would come out and be like, oh, on my show, and people were like, you have a show? No. I don't no. know what the hell you're talking about. No. no monsters. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm doing Southern Gothics. Um, so I started reading, I did read Shirley Jackson's We've Always Lived in the Castle. So... Do you want to talk about Shirley Jackson without talking about We Always Lived in the Castle?
1: Um, let's see. Well, everybody knows the lottery. I mean, I think that's still taught in school, pretty that's much. That's like your
0: it? standard middle school...
1: That's not even the best story by Shirley Jackson. She's written a ton of short stories that she can make horror out of the most mundane subject, like a woman waiting for her fiancé to come pick her up. You know, a kid walking down a road to the bus stop stops to talk to... Him. It's this the most ordinary, most boring things. she makes incredibly horrifying.
0: <laughs> where does the horror lie?
1: Just in... I guess it's in the glimpses of what re- people really are. I don't okay. know how better to explain
0: it. So the lottery, the horror of the lottery is not that this woman is going to choose a card to be no, killed. No, it's that
1: they've all gotten to this point where it's accepted.
0: Where people are okay with it.
1: Yeah. Right? Um, and the kid pitches in at the end and is he like, you know, yeah. This is this is <laughs> not what, to spoil a yeah. story
0: that almost all of America read in eighth grade. For
1: Christ's sake, if you haven't read The Lottery, you just suck. So
0: <laughs> wow, that's okay. That's a little harsh. <laughs> I re- I re- The management of Fear of a Dork Planet retracts the "you all suck" blah, statement. Bloody bloody. Um, so, did you want to read the opening paragraph of "We've Always Lived in the Castle"?
1: Oh hell yeah!
0: All right. So, without I don't want to spoil the story because the twist is there and it happens. And if the twist is ruined...
1: And I just want to say, this is probably the best opening paragraph of a story or a book, anything I've ever read in my life. All right. I am going to mispronounce the name of one of the items in this paragraph, so don't laugh at me. Okay. Feel free to send your corrections. Uh, Okay, so, first paragraph. My name is Mary Catherine Blackwood. I am 18 years old, and I live with my sister, Constance. I have often thought that with any luck at all, I could have been born a werewolf, because the two middle fingers on both my hands are the same length, but I have had to be content with what I had. I dislike washing myself, and dogs, and noise. I like my sister, Constance, and Richard Plantagenet, and Amanita phalloids, the death cup mushroom. Everyone else in my family is dead.
0: Man, that is amazing. If that
1: doesn't hook you nothing else will. That is the most amazing story.
0: Well, it had me at Werewolf. I'll be quite honest. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: So I, I bought this book based solely on the Penguin Classics re-edition, which has like this um, black and white sketching.
1: Oh, yeah, the her standing at the window with the cat. And her,
0: and her, sister, her sister behind her and the it. whole wrap ha- yeah. wraparound cover. Yeah. Um, I was at a book fair and they were Penguin was there and they were like, take any two books you want. So I grabbed that. And Mike Mignola, who does Hellboy, mm-hmm. I grabbed his cover for Heart of Darkness. Of course you did. Uh, so I was like, oh. And I'd never read the Shirley Jackson one before, but the striking image of that was so amazing.
1: Had you ever read any Shirley Jackson beside the lottery?
0: Besides the lottery, no. And so I didn't even, didn't even dawn on me that she was the woman who wrote the lottery. Because this book assumes, this version of the book assumes that you know it. Yeah. So you open up the back to read what it's about, and all it says is... Um, I washed the sugar bowl because it was dirty and then there's a, like a little spider coming out of the sugar bowl mm-hmm. and I was like all right this has my attention it got my attention with the cover now it's really got my attention and then I looked at the first paragraph and it was like I've always thought I was a werewolf and I was like okay fine yeah this is mine um unfortunately that's the only werewolf stuff for the rest of the book
1: pretty much yeah
0: but it's still an amazing read um if
1: everything you need to know is in that opening paragraph, pretty much. Yeah. Everything. You don't even have to read the rest of the book, but you should.
0: And I'll say, though, that quickly you forget what she has said in that first paragraph. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, even though it's repeated 1,900 times throughout the rest of the book, it still exists in the back of the mind.
1: Oh, and before I forget, if anyone wants to correct my pronunciation of, what was it? Amanit Deathcap Mushrooms, Whatever the hell it is, please do. I don't know what that kind of how <laughs> to say, but...
0: I often don't use words on this show for fear that I'm going to mispronounce them. (laughs) So if ever there's a dramatic pause, it's me not remembering.
1: Just own up to it. I don't know how to pronounce this. Sue me.
0: So the other book I'm reading is Chuck Klosterman's Downtown Owl, which Chuck Klosterman is a nonfiction writer. He does a lot with uh, pop culture. Okay. He's the one who totally made me rethink Britney Spears. (laughs) Okay. Um, He has two things that I love. One, he wrote an article about Britney Spears. And he was like, this is either the smartest or the dumbest person on the planet.
1: I'm going to go with dumbest.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we have the benefit of hindsight. He was <laughs> writing it like when she first started coming out with her individual post-Disney stuff.
1: Oh, okay, before she was a total skank. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, and the second thing he's famous for is uh, an article called... Um, oh, God, I forget it, but it's all about when he said he's at parties and people say what's your favorite kind of music and he's like people who answer all music is my favorite music except country he's like are liars these are people who hate music they like one band two bands but all they can say is I like everything um, and so his whole thing oh it's called me on shuffle
1: mm-hmm. and he
0: talks about he's like when I do it either really connects with people immediately and makes them sorry they asked that question Or totally alienates him right from the start. And he's like, I love the first 33 seconds of Humble Pie's Call the Doctor. (laughs) You know, he's like, that to me is amazing. He's like, I love um, uh, second 42 of Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) And he's like, it's easier for me to talk about the bits of music that I love. Mm -hmm. So I make my students do that at the beginning of every year. I tell them, what kind of music do you like? And they're like, I like everything.
1: Except for country. And I said, okay,
0: well, I, then I play some klezmer music. And the kids are like, this is garbage. And I'm <laughs> like, well, you, you said liked you liked everything. everything. You clearly must know this klezmer music. Yeah. Uh, and I play some opera or some sunra, some jazz. And they're like, this is stupid. I don't like this. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you like? I like this young Jeezy song. Okay, why do you like it? And they that's when they break down.
1: Yeah. And so
0: I, I say to them, okay, I want you to find the one thing in the song. What is the one moment? Is it where he says this word? Is it where the beat comes in? Is it this, you know, fist-pumping moment? Is it the scratch? What is the exact second you like it? And, of course, why, then, do you like it? Uh, and that usually blows their minds. Like, they cannot do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's a pretty cool endeavor. Um, some blow it off, obviously, and they're like, "Oh, I like this." Actually, whole. it's
1: a pretty cool concept. Now I want to write an article.
0: <laughs> definitely, Chuck Klosterman. It's called Me on Shuffle, but mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, so if you do do borrow it, do.
1: No, I want to write an article and... about seconds of songs that I like.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Steal the idea. He's he's.
1: Because there are like just moments in songs where, it sends a chill through you. Yeah. And you're just like it. It's like being hit with a bus, you know. I'm like whoa! I gotta hear that again. You rewind it, play it again. You're like
0: yes. And it's a little bit different for everybody. You know, I'm 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 sort of always really terrible, at being like okay, here comes that part that I like. Oh wait, wait, it's not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. Couple wait, wait, two more seconds. Two more seconds. Ready? There we go. There we go. You know, and like really hooking people on it. And like mm-hmm. you've got to hear this moment. Yeah. I do that a lot, and and people are always kind of like oh okay
1: because
0: okay. they don't feel that same electric it's current for
1: everybody. Yeah. Um.
0: Off the top of your head, is there a particular second in a song before you even start to write the article, anything that pops into your head?
1: You know I'm going to say Tool. Do you really want to ask me that? Yeah, go for
0: it. Go with Tool. I mean, that's the first first thing that pops into your head.
1: I think the ascending guitar solo at the end of 46 and 2. Okay. That made me a Tool fan for life because it's just... It sounds spiritual to me. It's like... How do I want to explain this? like that feeling of achieving nirvana Uh where you know your soul is opening up and you are one with the cosmos and it just it had that profound effect on me and I still listen to it to this day and it just blows my mind
0: yeah that's uh are there other moments where bands have that ascending guitar that you sort of fall in love with
1: Mm probably but i couldn't possibly right. think of one right now
0: i mean it's a lot to contemplate off the top of your head i mean, head. there
1: are moments in the beastie boys like little tiny sound bites that they do that everybody yep. misses and i'm like i know what that is that is mississippi queen i heard it it was one note and i caught it
0: that's um i like that bit in high plains drifter where it goes dun, 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 and mm-hmm. like that the end of that drum beat is the click clack yeah, of a shotgun. a shotgun closing um i'm not a violent person I'm, I'm not very good at violence. I, I
1: don't. No, but I get, violence f- in music or movies can be an outlet.
0: Right, and, th- and it usually is it's to me. So it's outlet. usually when bands are singing about something that is violent, or casually. You know, there's a song about uh, by the Mountain Goats, um, uh, where John talks about. I, I worked at a, um, I used to work at a liquor store. Guy with a shotgun. Guy with a shotgun came raging through the place, um, muscled his way behind the counter. I shot him in the face. And it's just this really softly sung, there's no regret, there's no anger, this isn't Johnny Cash, this is, I did what I had to do, Mm -hmm. here's the setup, I did what I had to do, now be the judge. And at the end of the song, he says, he repeats the verse and he says, I'd do it again Mm -hmm. Um, when the last days come. And And that to me is that, it's those subtle moments of extreme... Emotion or extreme anger, extreme violence, extreme depression, extreme love that are said where the tone is completely twisted that yeah. I really love those yeah. are my moments um, So I'd love to see what you what you end up coming up with then for your article God I
1: haven't written anything for my blog for months. You, so you say sorry. that every
0: episode you I know, know that, right
1: I really I just I'm busy I'm tired I'm totally uninspired That was a poem God damn it. right
0: <laughs> <laughs> ha- haikus for the middle class. <laughs> What was it?
1: I'm busy. I'm tired. I'm totally uninspired.
0: I'm busy. Nope, that's three. I'm tired. That's three. Totally uninspired. That's seven. So, yeah, you just have to pad out those first two lines. No, it's 575. Yeah. All right. So, I'm busy. Break it down now. I'm tired. I'm...
1: Totally uninspired.
0: We'll get there. We'll get there.
1: Yeah. It's a work in progress. Yeah.
0: Look for Annie's... Haikus for the middle class, coming to finer book dealers.
1: I think it's more like haikus for white trash at this point. Aww. (laughs) I'm not middle class.
0: Mirror. Mirror? (laughs) What? Miller Lite. (laughs) Pabst Blue Ribbon. (laughs) Front Steps at Dusk.
1: Oh my god.
0: I think we've got this. So if you have, if you have, I bought the extra um, Bendy package of M&M's this episode
1: my mom bought you those M&Ms. that's
0: true <laughs> your mom's a sweetie um so if you have a haiku for white trash Please uh, write it you would down, like to crumple it up
1: and throw it away
0: <laughs> or send it to us on facebook at dork radio
1: yes one of our three listeners should be able to come up with something
0: if you have a favorite moment of a song that you would like to share um, maybe we'll put together, if we have enough of them, we'll put a cool-out episode together. That's a good idea. Of everybody's favorite moments. Yeah. So if you have that and you want to write in and tell us what your favorite, you know, five, ten seconds of a song is.
1: One second, whatever. Yeah, definitely.
0: Put together a podcast for that.
1: I'd be interested in hearing that, actually.
0: I would, too. I would love to know what some people, I mean, there's there's Kim who always writes to us and is always like, hey, so we'd like to hear what you have to say. We're calling out people personally. I think I'm going to post Linda, about that on Facebook. Too. Rich. You definitely need to do this because I see you on Tuesday nights. Um, Annie, I know that you listen to this show, so you have to do this. Annie's mom, (laughs) you better. And I mean, I could.
1: Whoever else.
0: Yeah, and whoever else is out there, Uh, Dave. Kid sister. Yeah. Yeah, Jacques. Who? I I don't know. I was just hoping we had somebody named Jacques as a fan.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: So anyway, uh, Jason.
1: Yeah. Uh, by
0: all means, Jasons. I think we have a couple of Jasons out there. So I
1: see who, else. who the hell else listens to? Our I don't
0: show? know. This is bad. So yeah. so we've just called out the the six people that we know listen to the show. So you better write in. Oh, Chris, excellent. Oh yeah. Um. So, but anyway, uh, so if you have something like that, you want to write in at thenovelsound at gmail You want to catch us up on Facebook at uh, Fear the Dorks. Fear the Dorks. It, Annie will retweet this as well as um, put it up on Facebook so you can follow the threads there. Dork Radio on Twitter. That's it. And I think that that's it. And um, I have decided that I am going to go play us out. It's, I think it's my turn this week mm-hmm. uh, with a Rocky Erickson tune. And this is I Have Always Been Here Before from The Holiday Inn Tapes, which came out in 2009. Cool. So... Please to enjoy
2: some Rocky Ericsson. From the Goggles to Stonehenge, from the Sphinx to the Pyramids, to Lucifer's temples praising the devil ride, to the devil's clock as it strikes midnight. I have always been here before, ding, 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 ding. Allowing my mind's call Of no nothing, ding, 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 ding. Incorporate more never stops this flow ding ding, 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 I have always been here before It seems like a bell rings time for deja vu Everything is familiar Being here with you All you've ever had before You've had to understand Now all you have to do Is want to have at your command I have always been Here before thinking ding ding, 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 Allowing my mind's call Of no love Ding, 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 ding. Incorporate or never stops this flow, ding, 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 I have always been here before. That that is pleasing, that that is real, that that is forever keeps filling never filled, that that snuck upon you in the night, that that you remember in an early child's delight, that that was supposed to have frightened you But somehow you never took to fright. I have always been here before Ding, 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 ding Allowing my mind's call of note of Ding, 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 ding Incorporate more never stops this flow Ding Ding, ding, ding I have always been here before